What's up, hockey and sports fans? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Drop Up Puck Podcast. The latest news and information around the NHL with your hosts, Justin Starr and Pedro Rodriguez. Welcome to episode two of the Drop the Puck Podcast. My name is Justin Starr. I'm here with Pedro Rodriguez. Pedro. How are we doing, people? Um, so we started off last episode. We spoke about you know the Eastern Conference Finals. Pedro hit it on the head. I was wrong, so I will... I will bow down to when I'm wrong. Pedro called it that the Ottawa Senators were going to force a Game 7, and what a Game 7 that was. Unbelievable, wasn't it? it? Unbelievable. It was incredible. Double overtime, I was, you know, I was really hoping for Ottawa to pull it out. That would have been a beautiful sight to see in Pittsburgh. Just all those fans go home crying. Uh, but it didn't happen. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh won. I, you know, Pittsburgh, I think, has the better team. It came out that, you know, Derek Broussard was playing with the torn labrum and, you know, Eric Carlson with all his injuries. So, but that's that's a hockey move. You got to give Ottawa credit. No, absolutely. You no know. one no one expected Ottawa to be where they were. They just, no one expected it. Craig Anderson, you know, I'm glad that his wife, Nicole, is cleared of cancer. Cancer-free. So, that's the best news that you could hear. I mean, even if I was in a game seven and I heard that my wife was cancer free, you know, that's, that's all that matters. Uh, family over everything. So props and, you know, blessings to the Anderson family. I hope, you know, they have a happy off season. I hope Craig Anderson comes back. He works on his, uh, puck handling a little bit. Actually, a little I, bit. I don't because I want him to keep that up. Henrik Lundqvist needs to work on his puck handling skills a little bit. It's just, do you see Pecorino with his puck handling skills? It's it's a night and day situation. Yeah, but it's important now for goaltenders to have that asset of handling the puck, you know, to help their defensemen. You know, some goalies are good at it, some goalies aren't, and Henrik Lundqvist was terrible at it. So was Craig Anderson. And Craig Anderson almost pretty much blew Game 5 against the Rangers on a giveaway, but Kyle Turris was there to stop it. Credit to Pittsburgh as they move on to the Stanley Cup Final, and they actually beat Nashville. 5-3. Yeah, so I thought Nashville had him in the so, third period. So, you know what? Let's get into it. Let's drop the puck. All right. So, we had game one, and I thought Nashville completely dominated play. I think everyone thought that Nashville completely dominated play. It just wasn't in Nashville's favor. Pittsburgh didn't even have a shot in the second period. 37 minutes. They, they first shot in 37 minutes, and it ended up being Gensel's game-winning goal. Clutch. 4-3. I mean... 37 minutes. I mean, I guess it's like, uh, what is it, the cat Gaffney in uh, at, in the Mighty Ducks. You know, I'm so bored, I'm so bored, I'm really, really bored. <laughs> Folsom skates, Folsom skates, whatever. She, she, Rene literally was probably bored to death for 37 minutes, and all of a sudden one shot came on him, and it, he, it caught him off guard. And that's why you think Mike Sullivan's a great coach. Jake Getzel was almost a healthy scratch during game one. And Yeah, I know. He had, yeah, he was almost a healthy scratch, and... And I liked what Gensel said, you know. He said, you have you have to stay positive. Even through the seven, uh, 37 minutes without a shot on goal, you're getting the chances. I mean, I really don't agree with they were getting the chances. They got zero chances in 37 minutes, and you just have to stay with it. That's what he said. I think it was a little BS, uh, you're getting chances. I don't see how you get chances with zero shots on goal in 37 minutes. To me, Pittsburgh got lucky in, in the game one. There's no doubt about it. They got lucky. Nashville was all over them, all over them. They played well. They battled hard. Um, they just came up short, you know, one opportunity, and it's in the back of the net. I believe, I I think one of the Penguins, I don't remember which one, said that they played, they were the better team. 
Um, I don't believe that whatsoever. Obviously, Nashville completely outshopped. I think Pittsburgh had 12 shots on goal the entire game. I, I think. I believe they had 12 shots on goal. Eight of those came in the first period. I don't know which Pittsburgh player said that, but that player is absolutely lying to himself. Even even Mike Sullivan said in the you know post game, we weren't very good. You weren't good at all. You were absolutely dominated from from the get go. And let me. What are your opinions on the goal by PK Subban that was disallowed? Was that offsides? No, in- no, it was not offside. I think that goal should have counted, and the game would have completely went to Nashville if, if the goal standed. I mean, the puck, his foot was not in the air. I don't believe his skate was in the air. To me, that should be inconclusive. I mean, if the call is inconclusive, the call on the ice, was the call on the ice a goal or no goal? It was a goal. It was a goal. Yeah. They called it on the ice, so if it was inconclusive, the call on the ice should stand. I, I, I don't think it was conclusive at all. Well, it, of course it wasn't. I mean, how can you tell if the guy's skate was on the floor or not? I mean, the NHL has on the ice. The NHL has to be consistent on what they're doing. And then, and then I'll hate to bring him up, but a bunch of Rangers Twitter went at it and started showing the picture of Kyle Turris skating in an overtime where his two skates were blatantly over the blue line. And the puck was still on the line. So how is that? Is that onside and a good goal? But that play by that PK Subban goal, how is that offsides? See, I think that's. And then everyone, everyone goes, you know, oh, it's the Sidney Crosby treatment, blah blah blah. The Batman, Batman wants no. the Penguins to win another cup. I, I don't believe in that BS. I don't think the NHL is is rigged in, in any way. You know, why wouldn't you want to see Nashville win their first cup? I I don't see why they would want that. Why would it bring more popularity of Pittsburgh? won back-to-back cups. Why? Because it hasn't happened since Detroit, since 96-97 or 97-98. I don't see that as being a problem. The NHL has to be consistent on their calls. I mean, you can't have, especially in a game like this, you should have consistency throughout the season, but especially in the Stanley Cup final, that's a big call to make. But it's also the same thing with goaltender interference. They're so inconsistent with goaltender interference where how do you know what's goaltender interference or not? There's one play that, you know, looks blatant, but then there's another play that, how is that goaltender interference? All right, let me ask you this. Now, do you believe... Henrik Lundqvist was run into and interfered with in the Stanley Cup final? Absolutely, 100%. No. Uh, do you believe a player should be penalized for goaltender interference? If the goal is disallowed, does that player get penalized for goaltender interference? Because it happened to Rick Nash. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's just the NHL really has to draw a fine line with their penalties and their rules. It's just not the case right now. I also liked what P.K. Subban said. Being down 3 nothing against the Stanley Cup champions, coming back, tr- tying it up 3-3, and having an opportunity in the hockey game, it, it's the truth. And, you know, he said they had the chance to be up one nothing, and we're not. Just, that's it. You know, it, you live to fight another day. Everyone knows, besides probably Pittsburgh fans, that Nashville was the better team in that game. And Pittsburgh stole a game on home ice. They stole a game from Nashville on home ice. It's one game. You know, you got to put the loss behind you. It, it is what it is, and Nashville has to move on. They still have an opportunity to get home ice advantage. They, you know, they win game two, and they'll take it from there. I mean, I, I'll i say right now, Nashville will win game two in Pittsburgh. There is no doubt about it. The way they've been playing, they were all over Pittsburgh, all over them. You know, Mark andre um, sorry, excuse me, Matt Murray, you know, stood on his head, and that's why he will remain in Pittsburgh and Mark-Andre Fleury will be gone. You said it last week. Another quote I just want to bring up, Sidney Crosby. It wasn't a perfect game, but we found a way, and we know we've got a lot to improve on. We'll go over it and make sure we're getting better with each game. How do you feel about that? Well said. I mean, he's 
one of the best leaders in the league. I'm not the biggest fan of Sidney Crosby, but his you know his leadership is one of the best in the league, and he's said it well. They didn't play well. He manned up to that and said they didn't play well, and they know they have to practice on many things, and they take it game by game. I mean, this guy's already won two Stanley Cups. He's on his way to his third one, so I I don't see. I I think he said it extremely well, and I give him credit. I agree. One more thing on the game. Did Crosby interfere on that one play where they were around the boards, and I forget who who he was up against. I think it was Fisher maybe, and it was behind the it was behind the net. No one was on the puck, and he just laid the body. Nothing was called, and that turned into you know Malkin's first goal. I also think PK uh, uh, Pecorine had a horrible game. He should have. He should have. He he saw Malkin's shot the whole way. He should have stopped that one, and he he honestly should have stopped Jake Gensel's goal. I mean, when you allow three goals on eight shots, you're already having a terrible game. That's only you know it's five saves. But back to your point on Crosby, because that's another that's another thing that Twitter folk and NHL folk they go after. Oh, there goes Listen, Crosby the, again, the, getting away with whatever the hell he you know, wants. But those people aren't in the game. I mean, it's it's the Stanley Cup final for crying out loud. I mean, you, you know, I know you need to have the refs on top of it, but. They're the pros. We're not. I'm sorry, but we're not. They're, you know, they're the professionals. They're the, one, they're the ones in the game. That game is fast. That game is quick. If any of you have ever been to a game live, you know how fast the game is, especially in the Stanley Cup final. So I'm not going to blame anyone on it. You know, it is what it is. It's hockey. People get hit. Dirty thing. Dirty things happen. You know, it, the hockey's supposed to be dirty. It, it is what it is. I mean, I don't see. Maybe it probably it, it kind of. Yes, it was a penalty, but it is what it is. They people move on from it and. Unfortunately, it did lead to a goal, and Nashville didn't get the bounces that game. You know, they just they all all the bounces went to Pittsburgh, and that's it. They found a way to win Game One, and they move on to Game Two. All right, so prediction on the series. Let me hear from you. You're 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 the magic man. You're the one that predicted that Ottawa would force a Game Seven and that Pittsburgh would move on. You're the magic man. I I'm I'm O for right now in the prediction game on our podcast. Now you're asking me right now, like as. What's what? What is gonna be the final? So you know, I can go on my website and bet my life, my my life away. What what is it? I don't know if you're gonna like what I'm gonna say. I'm assuming you're gonna say Pittsburgh's about to win. You know, I was thinking Pittsburgh. Uh, There's no way that Pittsburgh sweeps Nashville, right? No, no way. Uh, I I'll say right now, Nashville wins game two. Nashville will win game two in Pittsburgh. Game two. Yes, they wow. will win game two. I was seeing at least Nashville win one game in Nashville. You know, I can see this game will go seven. This series, I'm sorry, this series will go seven. It will go seven. You know, home ice is key. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Pittsburgh in seven games. I think Pittsburgh goes back to back. All right. Well, I have uh, unfortunately, Hart wants to say Nashville in six. Gut says Pittsburgh in six. So that's what we're going with. Game two. It's it's right now. It's uh 12:52 Wednesday morning. So game two is later on tonight, 8 p.m. on NBC. SN, catch it there. Let's drop the puck onto the next topic. All right, so we have uh, two American-born coaches in the Stanley Cup final coaching against each other for the first time ever. Mike Sullivan, I still hate that the Rangers got rid of him. He was on the Totorella train. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> they were just, we should have made him head coach. Oh, I, I completely agree with you. And then you have Peter Laviolette on the other side, an ex-Islander coach. And flyer coach. And flyer coach. Well, yeah. You know, I was... He's he's the best American-born coach. Peter. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I couldn't agree with that. Uh, Close second, John Tortorella. Close second. 
But I think Peter, Peter Laviolette has that. Maybe John Tortorella because he has that cup. All right, so where does Sullivan fit in now? Sullivan's about to... Sullivan's playoff record is impeccable. Yeah, but he just... Are you going to base it off the team that he's coaching? Yes, I am. I mean, when you have superstars like Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Flurry, Murray, Crystal Tang when he's healthy, that's an all-star team. So you don't think that's an all-star you don't team. think Sullivan's coaching has anything to do with their success? It's just the players, or I do, but we've watched the sport all of our lives. We've seen coaches come and go, and you know, coaching changes have that effect. You know, someone has to go. You can't trade. You can't get rid of twenty-three players. It just doesn't work like that. So it has to go somewhere else. It's either your coach or your GM. One of them goes, and it's most likely the coach. So I mean, when you have a coaching change like that. I think it's effective on players, and players want to prove they know it's a fresh start. They know someone new's coming in, so players take advantage of that, and they they get better. When when uh, Mike Sullivan took over last year when they won their cup, do you, do you know who do you, did you know who Nick Menino was? Did you know who that? Did you know who he was? I didn't I until mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs when he played with Hagelin and Kessel. HBK. That's when he that's when he became something. So you know, a coaching change I think helps a team, and. So, Luckily for Mike Sullivan, he went to the right place. So now, do you think uh, Laviolette got the raw end of the stick uh, when he was, you know, him and the Islanders? Because I feel like I feel like Ranger fans and Islander fans can both kind of relate right now. Like we both let you know these two coaches go. They both obviously went their different ways. I think Laviolette got the raw end of the stick with the Islanders because I mean the team that he was given, <laughs> you can't really implement much. With the teams he was coaching. Well, it's all about the owners and the management. You can't forget, you know, the GM and the owner of the team. They have a say in what goes on. You, you know, um, you know, the, the Islanders weren't and aren't the most popular destination to go to. That's, you know, that's not the fault of, you know, the GM or coach. But uh, when people associate a hockey team that people want to go to in New York, it's the Rangers not trying to be biased or anything, but kind of true. Madison Square Garden, a big world's most famous arena. Peter Laviolette, he has, he has a good team in Nashville, a great team in Nashville. All-star defenseman P.K. Subban, Ryan Johansson, who's unfortunately hurt. I think Ryan Ellis. I, I think mean, if, that, Joe, that if, Joe, if Johansson if Johansson was playing right now, I really the way that the Predators played without him against Pittsburgh, I'd be scared if I were the Penguins. Ryan Johansson's a game changer. I'm just impressed with Pittsburgh and their defense. How young their defense is. I think another little storyline is Hornquist was uh, traded for James Neal. That it, yeah. So those two players uh, switch switch a little roles on their teams, huh? And look, Hornquist has the better of it. He already has a cup. All right. Well, uh, congratulations. We just wanted to bring up, you know, it's pretty crazy. A hundred years in the NHL. It's the first time first two American time. coach player, two American coaches are coaching in the Stanley Cup final All against right. each other. So uh, move on to the next topic. So now we have back to the Islanders. They just named Scott Gomez their assistant coach. Now, I remember Scott Gomez, you know, being that Ranger killer. This is just how I remember him. He was that Ranger killer, you know, always scoring these big goals against the Rangers, playing for the Devils, hated his guts. And, you know, that one summer we we go along, we spend a little cash on Chris Drury and Scott Gomez, and we were were feeling ourselves. Glenn Sather was throwing out dollar bills like he was at a strip club. And that obviously, you know, didn't pan out. I think we won one one playoff series. Ironically, against the Devils. Against the Devils with Scott Gomez. I mean, thanks to Scott, we got our captain. We got Ryan. So, I mean, I can't hate him that much. 
We, we got Mack Truck, but this isn't about the Rangers. Uh, this is about Scott Gomez, assistant coach. This is going to be his first coaching gig. He's he's with the Islanders. You know, those power play points, I think he somehow went a whole year being on the Montreal Canadiens power play and didn't register one power play point. That's that's impressive. That's that's, that's very impressive. You know, his, that's his... being consistent right there. That's 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 not being sporadic. That's being consistent. Hey, he was consistent. That's that's all they can ask for, right? That was one of the best trades the Rangers ever made. You know, I think this is a good move for the Islanders. I I really do. He was a quality defenseman. You know, he won the Calder Trophy as a rookie. You know, he's he was a qual he was a high rated you know centerman when he played in the when he played in the NHL. Well, when he played on the Devils, he's got over a thousand games played. I think he's almost Ex- around like eight hundred exactly. points. Experience. Two Stanley Cups. I mean, you know, I think he's a good fit for the Islanders. I think he'll work well with John Tavares and help those players develop. You know, go on from there. But I, I think it's a good fit for the Islanders. I think they just need a fresh start. You know, new coach Doug Wade, who is officially their head coach, and bringing in Scott Gomez just brings in experience, and hopefully the Islanders can push through that and go back to the Stanley Cup playoffs where they honestly I truly believe they belong and you know what Gomez's quote that I read in Newsday that kind of kind of dug at me but you know we got McDonough out of it good or bad Islander fans let you know how they're feeling and that's the best you know but I think that that says for all fans of hockey Ranger fans are going to tell you how it is or how they're feeling Predator fans are going to tell you how they're feeling Canadian fans are going to tell you how they're feeling all of all of those guys are going to tell you how they're feeling. But that's what the players, you know, players and coaches do to the media. They're they're not going to say, but these fans are better. These fans are, be-, you know, these fans are better than ours. Or you know, he has to say what's good for the Islanders. You know, like you said, good or bad, Islander fans let you know how they're feeling, and that's the best. He would have said the same thing if he was a Rangers assistant coach. He would have said the same thing if he was a Devils assistant coach. But then Gomez goes on to say, "I am an Islander now. I not only get to join a great staff." But with the team that's right there, if John Tavares doesn't sign back with them, he's not. They're not right there. I agree. He's their team. He's their team. They just didn't have a, a winger to play with them this season. I mean, you put Andrew Ladd there, and Andrew Ladd didn't do anything until what a month, two months after you know before the season ended. He did nothing. You know, the Islanders needed that winger to play with John Tavares. They got rid of Pierre Parenteau. He went to the you know they got rid of him. He went to the Devils. Uh, later on, went to ironically Nashville. Like I said before, I think the Islanders made a good move bringing in uh, uh, Scott Gomez, and you know they'll go from there. But I I do believe the Islanders are right there, only with John Tavares. Without John Tavares, they're not a playoff team. No, they're a basement team. I agree. Uh, on to the next topic. So talking about you know coaching hirings, we have Steve Ott. We spoke about Steve uh, last week on the podcast, discussing where you know he was going to go, where Dwight King's going to go. Well, Steve Hott ended up uh, hanging up the skates, and he went back to the Blues, and now he is an assistant coach of the Blues. How do you feel about that one? That was a shock to me when I read it. I didn't think Steve Ott would go you know, go right away into coaching for his next career. I would rather Scott Gomez as a coach than Steve Ott. Why? Because Steve Ott's an enforcer? I just don't see what, I mean. Scott Stevens was also an enforcer. And we'll get into him later because it didn't last long for him either. No, but he had other reasons. But go, you know, going back to uh, Steve Ott, you know, he was a 14-year veteran. He, he played in the NHL for a long time. He was a former 25th overall draft pick. That's a shock. You know, he didn't have the impact he thought he would have on Montreal. Um, Montreal obviously getting eliminated by the Rangers in six. 
I, this was a shock to me. I, I never imagined Steve Ott as an assistant coach in the league. It's I don't. I never. Not, I, I, not months after you know, an NHL season. I don't see him ever making it to a head coach. I feel like the play that he likes to do, and you know, the play style that he's a part of. I don't think that's gonna last much longer in in the in the NHL. You're already seeing speed, 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 speed. Speed is taking over. Yeah, but you're always gonna need that forcer. You're always gonna need that. And having, again, I hate to reference the Rangers all the time, but Tanner Glass had such an impact on that first series. First and second series against Ottawa. You're always going to need that, but I don't think Steve Ott's just going to focus on, you know, the enforcement asset of the of play. I, you know, Steve Ott is going to be an assistant coach for the Blues, and, you know, him and Mike Yo hopefully will work well, but, you know, we'll see what goes on. But, uh, in you know, in other news, what about Scott Stevens and the Minnesota Wild? I mean, well, on to the next topic. All right, so like you just, you know, you pretty much just gave a little cliffhanger too. Uh, we do have Scott Stevens resigning as the Wilds assistant coach. So like you were saying before, you brought up the enforcer being an assistant coach. It didn't last long. I know there's family reasons involved as well. Like I said before, I don't see the enforcers really panning out as coaches. I think you need either a, some some guy that was a power play specialist such as, you know, Scott Gomez, who was great on the power play with the Devils. He was pretty good with the Rangers. He obviously slacked off towards the end of his career. Scott Stevens was an elite defenseman in the league. I mean, yeah, he was an enforcer, but he was one of the best defensemen in the league during during the 90s. Yeah, he was in that. Like I said, yes, he was that enforcer guy. So now do you see him moving closer to home and finding a job maybe with the Devils? I don't see him ever signing with the Rangers. I don't see him ever signing with the Islanders. You know, maybe you see Buffalo, assistant with Buffalo. You know, I, I, I think Scott Stevens won't think about coaching for a little while. I think he's going to just focus on what he has to do with his family and focus on family. And, you know, hockey, hockey's second to, to these guys. You know, family always comes first no matter what. I think Scott Stevens will take some time off and, you know, focus with his family. And maybe he'll come back. And, yeah, I could see it with the Devils. Absolutely with the Devils. Um, but I wouldn't cross out the Rangers or cross out the Islanders for it. Uh, you know, who expected Scott Gomez to sign as, as an assistant Islander. coach as an Islander? Who, who would have thought of that? No one. Players always find their way to come back. Always. And I can see Scott Stevens going to New Jersey or, you know, when I mean, he said he, start. He said he's just going to take a step back, you know, enjoy family. He's not sure what he's going to do if it's, you know, he was with the NHL Network uh, beforehand with the Wild, before his stint with the Wild. So who who really knows what he does? I mean, I could see him going back to TV. You know, I know the NHL Network Studios is in New Jersey. So, you know, I could see him going back to being in, in analysis. Right now, I think family is important to the guy. So all is well to the Stevens family. And All right, let's uh, head on to the next topic. All right, so we spoke about it last week again. Alex Ovechkin, we brought this up. Now the Capitals aren't ruling it out that they are looking at trades for Ovechkin. I don't blame them because I think that they can get a ton for him. Let me hear your thoughts on it, Pedro. You know, like I said last week, if it's a if the price is right, make it. Hockey is a sport where all players will be available. I mean, exclude Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby on that list. But Alex Ovechkin not making it past the second round of the playoffs for as many times as the Caps have been the best team in the regular season, is not enough. There were talks during the press conference with 
uh, Capitals GM Brian McClellan, people asking him if they would strip his captaincy away from him. And he flat out said no. Um, Alex Ovechkin will remain the captain. And he goes on to say how Ovechkin is a big part of the Caps' history, but he does not rule out a trade. And he he says, you know, if if the price is right, we're going to do it. You know, the, obviously the price is going to be high for Oh, it's going to be extraordinary. I mean, come on, he's, he's won how many Rocket Richard trophies? You know, scoring 50 goals in how many seasons? He, he, this, this guy's unbelievable. He's a, he's a legitimate goal scorer. And if the price is right, I could see that I could absolutely see the Capitals executing with that. And if they keep with that, they they could keep TJ Oshie. Now, I just don't think it's fair to put all of the Capitals' repeated failures all on the shoulders of Alex Ovechkin. It, it, it he Listen, can't. You, you got to put it on someone. I'm sorry. You got to put it on someone. I mean, how many how many coaches changes coaches changes do they have? They got rid of their previous GM, who is now in Vegas. I, I agree. It's who, just who you could have put it on. He does not perform in the playoffs. So now, with the Rangers' failures, is it all on Henrik Lundqvist? No, it of can't. Of course, be. it's not. It can't no. be. So it can't all be on Alex Ovechkin. It can't. He's Al- okay. You're co- okay. If you compare the Rangers, they have one man, one man. That's Lundqvist. How many people do the Caps have that's, for years? That's a goaltender. For I mean, years, they have Holtby. Okay, and Ovechkin. And, and yes, Oshie. yes, I understand that. And Justin Williams, but why, why, game seven. why isn't that any of their fault? It should, it should be on. It's a team effort. It shouldn't all lay on the shoulders of Alex Ovechkin because that's lack, not fair. It's the lack of consistency he has in the playoffs. He was hurt. This, he was hurt perform. this postseason. He was playing what, what through an injury. Is, okay, is that going to be the excuse for every time? That okay, you're so hurt? everyone's hurt during the playoffs. Ryan everyone's Mc, hurt during the playoffs. Ryan, Everyone. Ryan McDonough played with what? What was it? Broken foot. A year or two ago, he sucked in the playoffs. But there's reasons why players suck. It's because they're hurt. Uh, Carlson? Car- well, Eric Carlson's Carlson? a freaking nature. He didn't nature. suck. Eric Carlson's a freaking nature. Well, but Derek Broussard kind of disappeared once he got hurt. Not during the Penguin series. Listen, when you have a player like that who is a 50-plus goal scorer during the regular season and a player who cannot perform during the playoffs, it's time for a change. You're going to see it with the Rangers this offseason. The court just isn't there. And the Cavs have one core player. That's Ovechkin. What, are you going to get rid of Holpe? And No, you're not. And there's three words that have been being tossed around. This, You know, it's not even the postseason. Uh, but the three words, legitimate hockey deal, right. have been being tossed around left and right. On Twitter, on everywhere. It's just if... if you know, if it's a legitimate hockey deal, we'll, we'll think about moving that person. That's every that's every deal. I mean, when you're, you're going to trade an all-star player... It has to be a hockey deal. We're talking about a, a we're talking about a major blockbuster that's oh, going to involve be, it would be... eight players at least eight eight players at least eight moving assets for probably one guy. I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, yes, there are a lot of factors going into it. How who's going to take his salary? Who's gonna you know who wants that? But you can't forget this. The, he he's a he's amazing. You know, he's he's one of the best players. One of the best Russian-born players to ever play. So I'm just curious. Let's say uh, Toronto's interested. You know, you're the GM. You're you're Brandon Shanahan. What do you move for Alex Ovechkin? Do you move a Mitch Marner? Depends. Do I do you're, I? You're keeping Austin no, no matter what. Well, it depends. Do I do I go after Alex Ovechkin or do I wait until John Tavares either signs with the Islanders? No, or let's let, let's say Tavares is off the table. Okay. And Ovechkin has his you know limited. No movement clause. He said, I will go to Toronto. What are you moving? 
as a as as Brandon Shanahan, what are you offering? Well, Austin Matthews is off limits. Yes, hundred percent. Um, I would say. I also think Nylander is off limits. I wouldn't. I would say two first round picks, a conditional second. I would put a William Nylander, and why not a James Van uh, James Van Riemsdyk? I I mean, you're going to go on NHL later. You know, on my PlayStation Four, and I'm going to plug that deal in to see if the computer likes it. It's I mean, just... you're already giving away. To, I mean, you're giving away. Alex Ovechkin is a franchise player. So is Austin Matthews. You're you're not going to you know you're going to trade for a franchise player. He was he was the face of the franchise of Washington. He is the face of the franchise yeah. of Washington. Oh yeah, for a long time. For history, I mean, you're going to have to give up a lot. And two first-round picks, a conditional second, William Nylander and JVR, or that can get you him maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. You, you, you sounded real. Co- you sounded real confident when you said maybe. that. Maybe. Moving forward, though, Ovechkin's going to be the captain. Trotz is going to be behind. As charge. he deserves to be. Yeah, he deserves to be. I mean, yeah, he had two. You know, two first round, uh, two second round losses. But you know, you just got to move on, and you'll see what happens with you know the expansion drafts because. You know, there's a possibility Washington does keep T.J. Oshie, which most likely means Kevin Shattenkirk is gone. Oh, yeah. Well, I've already penciled... Justin Williams. I've, I've already penciled Shattenkirk into either the Rangers lineup or possibly even the Devils lineup. He's staying in the Metro. I can yeah, put money I, on it. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's... For him, it's, the cards are all on his table. I mean, he can do whatever the heck he wants. You know, Kevin Shattenkirk will most likely be gone. Justin Williams, I don't think, returns to the to Washington. They got to get their RFA signed, like we talked about last week. We'll see what the expansion draft brings us. We'll see what... Can't wait. I, I know, it's going to be exciting. Can't wait. I can't wait. It's like a little kid you know, on Christmas Eve. <laughs> can't wait. We'll see what free agency brings us. You know, who knows? Not a lot of exciting free agents are available see what happens and you never know when we're in the dog days of summer we might be surprised with a blockbuster you well, never know that's the best like like you never know. i remember uh i was working you know as a cook over on fire island and all of a sudden the deal went through for you know we 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 traded for it was the uh mcdonough deal hmm. and all of a sudden, I saw Scott Gomez traded. I was like, oh, my God, for Ryan McDonough, I mean, who, I mean, I I had knowings of, but never knew that we fleeced them as bad as we did. Who knew about, what about last season in June with P.K. Subban and Shea Weber? Who saw that coming? Yeah. No one saw that coming. A one-for-one one trade? Or what about Taylor Hall for Adam Larson? Who the hell saw that coming? True. No one. Now, now hold on. Just to get back, you know, we'll do one last thing on Ovechkin. Do you agree with uh, McClellan's statement? The game's getting faster. He's going to have to train in a different way, a more speed way instead of a power way. He's going to have to make adjustments to stay relevant in the game. Do you agree with that? Yeah, on I do. Alex Ovechkin. I mean, Alex Ovechkin's what thirty? I mean, I agree. I agree. I agree that it's like I said before. It's turning into a speed game. It's definitely turning into a speed game. But to say, to say that Alex Ovechkin has to change the way that he goes about his things, he's a freak. He's a freak. He's 30, 30, 31. You know, you have to change. You have to change your style of play. You're not as fast as you were. You know, he does have to, tra- um, he does have to train a different way. I mean, he, if you're going to be prepared to make a long run in the playoffs, you have to be in, you have to be in top shape. 
there's no doubt you got to be in top shape. And Alex Ovechkin has to take a different approach to his offseason. <laughs> Apparently, a short offseason isn't helping him whatsoever because, you know, he's out in the second round every single year. He needs to take different strides in, in his offseason workouts. You know, he needs to, like uh, Washington's GM said, you know, the game is getting faster. It's a faster game. Why do you think teams in the East are dominating teams in the West? The West is all about physicality. They're still playing, you know, back when, you know, the West dominated. You know, why do you think Chicago was so, you know, so dominant in those three of the past six years? They were fast. They were fast teams. You know, and the East picked up on that, and the East is faster than the West. And I think the East is better than the West now. So, you know, we'll see. But Alex Ovechkin has to change something in his game because, yes, he is that 50-goal scorer. Yes, he has that lethal shot. But there's, there's, you just don't play offense in this league. You got to play defense. And yeah, you have to be a two-way player. Exactly. No, I agree you with know, that. You know, again, referencing the Rangers, Rick Nash. Great two-way player. He, you know, he changed his game. You know, he was a 40-45 goal scorer. And, you know, probably most Ranger fans don't see him as a two-way player. They like, you know, they'd rather see a goal scorer. But, you know, he changed his game. And he's a great penalty killer. He scores goals, shorthanded, power play goals. He does everything. He does everything. You know, he does every little thing. It's not all about scoring goals anymore. If you, you know, if you're a, a sniper, that's your job. That's what you got to do. Like Alex Ovechkin, but he has to learn. Like I said, there's a two. It's a two-way game. You got to learn how to play defense, and you have to learn how to play the game on both sides of the ice. All right, so uh, we're gonna get on to the final topic of you know episode two. So let's get into it. All right, so the last topic of the night is the salary cap for the 2017-2018 season. There has been talks that it might go up all the way to 77 million. Or it might stay flat at 73. I just have a question for you. Just hypothetical real quick. How would you feel if the NHL had no salary cap? Do you think it would create teams like, you know, the New York Yankees of old? Do you think it would create, you know, what do you think that would do to the NHL? I think, yeah, there would be super teams. So do you think we'd have like a Warriors-Cavs situation in the NHL? You know, that where we're just waiting for these two teams to end up meeting each other? Probably not. I agree. See, that's, that's, yeah, I'm on that boat. I really don't think so because. Maybe, maybe because maybe Edmonton would probably be one of those super teams. Everyone wants to play with Connor McDavid. A lot of people publicly said it. They would want to play, that he's an attraction. I can see maybe Edmonton being one of those teams that could be a super team, but I, I don't see the NHL, you know, I don't see teams. Obviously, teams are going to go after the superstar players and wanting to be that super team and win cups. It would just be so boring. So so now a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are against the cap going up because with the cap going up, that gives all these teams that, you know, are already pretty damn good. Let's say it gives them more leeway and people are saying, oh, well, you know, the, the cap being so low is supposed to help these younger teams and these teams that are at the cap floor to, you know, be able to sign these players that are deserved of their money and supposed to lure them there. But if the cap keeps going up, then that gives the teams that they've played for a little more leeway to balance out where they want to do it with. And, you know, those players can end up staying with their rightful teams. I would like to see the salary cap go up. You know, like you said, the teams will get that wiggle room. You know, we've referenced the caps a lot during our first two episodes, but now the caps can afford to keep TJ Oshie. If they wanted to, you know, they can afford to keep a Justin Williams, you know, it obviously depends on their price because they're unrestricted for agents, you know, they can obviously go for more money, 
that's in their favor gives teams that wiggle room and it gives teams you know like a I don't know like a Florida Panthers team who can sign who would have that ability to attract a player like maybe a Kevin Shattenkirk or you know another top unrestricted free agent who would they want to attract with money I think it's just positive I think it's positive for the league I you know you're not gonna, like like you said before you're not gonna see that super team like you see in the NBA it's you know who's gonna be in the finals you know it's the Cavs and the Warriors it's boring people it's the most boring thing ever you know the NBA playoffs are boring but that's another topic I think it's good for the league that you know keep keep the cap going up you know I don't think it should be like 90 million where teams can definitely do something with that it's good for the players they deserve to be you know paid um but you know some maybe some players you know obviously take a discount like kevin shanker caps good at 77 you know players would want that well the cap announcement will uh likely be made you know some point in between the fight the end of the final and the expansion draft given the important decision that to obviously be made in regards to the 2017 2018 season during the expansion draft which you know like i stated before it's like a little kid just waiting to open up that one gift can't wait for it but that's it we're gonna wrap it up you know episode two we're just trying to keep it straight and simple we hope you enjoyed this is pedro and justin signing out go preds go don't get ahead of yourself so we called up. it already so messed up goodbye peace out people peace thanks so much for listening to this episode of the drop the puck podcast with your hosts justin star and pedro rodriguez on facebook and twitter at drop the puck pod we'll catch you next time nhl fans on the drop the puck podcast